0: Hi there, time for Critter of the Week. Nicola Tookie joins me from Forest and Bird. Hello.
1: Kia
0: ora. Oh, you're still taking my calls, are you?
1: Well I, I tried to screen it, but it was an unknown
0: number. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, top of the best seller lists.
1: Well, all of us. All of the critter I say, yeah, that was that was um that was pretty exciting. Um to, to you know, I, do I forever get to call myself a best-selling yeah. person now? Maybe. Yeah, I imagine
0: um, this is uh, this is done much better than your um, thesis about penguins. Your last published work <laughs> a few years ago.
1: Hush your mouth. Um,
0: <laughs> Haven't seen that one at Unity Books.
1: <laughs> no, no, that no one uh, can stay in the cupboard where it belongs.
0: Um,
1: no, it's great. It's great. It's lovely to see um, people enjoying it, and I've had lots of um, cute photos from you know friends who've given it to nieces and nephews, and you know, it's um, it's been doing the rounds. So it's lovely.
0: Yeah, that's great. And Christmas still on the way, and um, from from everything I've heard. Um, publishing and being an author is a great way to make a fortune. So I imagine you'll only be doing this for a couple more weeks before you retire to your sprawling multi-bedroom mansion in the Wairarapa. I don't know
1: where you heard that, but uh, it must be great living in the alternav- alternate universe.
0: <laughs> but fun, though, you, you know, you're spreading the message, you're engaging kids with the beautiful critters of Aotearoa, and um, yeah, just another string to your bow, right?
1: Well, and uh, yeah, I guess so. All of, and like I was, like I have said a lot, uh, all of ours. There's, there's, to me, uh, actually, there's a lovely review um, from Poetry Box uh, this weekend. That, um the review talked about the fact that you can tell Critters of Aotearoa is a labour of love, and I think that's a beautiful way to describe
0: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, not many book reviews these days back in the day, you'd release a book and you could sit down over a whole weekend and see what the world thought of it but um these days, a blog here, a nine to noon blat there it's um it's pretty thin on the ground.
1: yeah, it is maybe you could uh broaden your review world
0: <laughs> well, I do already run difficult. a book review on a tuesday afternoon so uh, it true. may pop up there, but yeah <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know about doing half a review on a restaurant and then saying. By the way, here's what I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, but I read a book. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, um, and of course, it's critters like the vampire squid that have inspired your beautiful book, Critters of Aotearoa, because it looks cool. It's got a zany name and it's got an incredible story.
1: Yes, in fact, when uh, I was looking at this one, I was a little bit kicking myself, like, ah, this would have been perfect for the book, Uh, so maybe we have to write another one. So we are talking about the vampire squid uh, this Friday the 13th, um, and uh, it is one of those classic kind of someone got excited and gave it a name that doesn't actually represent <laughs>
0: pretty, pretty much anything about it. It's
1: neither a squid nor a vampire.
0: Yeah, I does. mean, we, we make up nicknames here on Critter of the Week, but it's usually vaguely related to the features of the animal in question.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, so if you are into your um, your vampires, your twilight and whatnot, um, you, will, you may like this one, at least the story. So um, the vampire squid uh, like I say, not a squid, nor a vampire, but perhaps got its name uh, for, I mean, they, they are a cephalopod. Um, and I'm sure, Jesse, you'll be aware that that means that they belong to um, the group of animals that includes uh, octopus.
0: I do know that, but only from my restaurant reviewing, when I'm reviewing eating octopus, and I've said octopus too many times since so you could do a thesaurus, go, oh, cephalopod, that'd be a nice way of putting it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that's excellent. I'm glad that you came across that information <laughs> through other um, through other means. So um, this one is interesting because it is actually a, um, I think it's described as a, a phylogenetic relic, um, and that means that it's the only known surviving member of its own order. So if you think about the way that we um, classify um, living things, scientifically classify them you know, your kingdom in this instance is Animalia and then Phylum is Mollusca because they're a mollusk, and then you get down to Cephalopoda which is a class order Vampyromorphida and it's the only Member of that order, which, you know, you've got at least another three categories to go. Yeah. Uh, but by the time you get down to the species, um, and the um, scientific name of it is Vampiretothus infernalis, and uh, I love this. I love a great uh, scientific m- uh, name: Vampire squid from hell is what it means.
0: It's <laughs> the literal translation of the of the Latin.
1: Lesson, squid lesson or health.
0: Greek, Latin. Ah, uh,
1: Latin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, it, while it is, yeah, it isn't really a squid, but it does very much look like one. It looks. Like, you may have seen them in nature documentaries. It, it looks like a um a squid or an octopus, where um that's a bit like an umbrella, where all the kind of legs are joined together through webbing. Yes. Um. And so that's probably where its um, vampire otherworldly name came from because it kind of looks like a, a, a Dracula-type cloak, if you were really oh, yeah. pointing yeah, at yeah. It under <laughs> the water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and its closest living relative is actually the octopus. Um, so they are a small cephalopod um, found uh, throughout the world. And here in New Zealand, we're a hotspot for cephalopods. So um, I think there's like... Um, 85 or something species It can grow up to 30 centimetres long, so that's not bad. You know. Yeah, you'd
0: know all about it if you were snorkelling.
1: You certainly would. You'd be, uh, you probably wouldn't though because you would have probably imploded uh, by then because these things are found uh, from 600 metres to
0: <laughs> 200 metres
1: deep. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so if you can snorkel that far down, you've <laughs> got other things to worry about. Um So uh, there's some cool facts about it though. So uh, the body of the vampire squid is covered in photophores and these are little light-producing organs, right? And so it can't um, change colour the way that a cuttlefish, for example, or an octopus can, Mm. um, but it can um, produce light. And the photophores are fascinating because they are a type of um, organ that you find on various types of marine animals, and it can't, they can be really simple, they can be really complex, they can have lenses, shutters, co- colour filters and reflectors, it's almost like a whole Instagram thing.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, but,
1: but instead of receiving light, they produce it in, um, in this instance. They're basically,
0: like, like some of us put filters in our photos, they actually have the ability to put filters on themselves, which is quite appealing.
1: Yeah. Actual real life three D filter going on, and um, it it basically it lights up bright blue and makes it look like an underwater Christmas tree. You know, some people, some um, I'm I'm being sexist here, but but in my experience, it's true. Some women in particular get really into themes for their Christmas decorations. (laughs) Yeah, tree's got to be blue and the tinsel's got to be silver and all that. So so this would be right up their alley. So uh, the other thing that it does, which I think is fantastic, is instead of squirting ink the way that a squid does to get away... Um, the vampire squid instead emits a cloud of glow-in-the-dark mucus that can glow for up to 10 minutes. And so if you're way down in the deep, dark depths of the ocean, somewhere between 600 and 1,200 metres, and you come across something that gives you a fright and you kind of go, and then you um, chuck out your glow-in-the-dark mucus, you know, uh, that would be quite confronting to something that might be trying to eat you.
0: Um, yeah, and I suppose all of this glowing is because they're so deep down, like there's no natural light down there or no external light, so so creatures down there learn to produce their own.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, these things are kind of interesting, very different from octopus or squid because they're detritophores. They're, they're, just, they're just sifting around, literally eating the, the scunge that is dropping down um, mm-hmm. from above. Uh, but they do it in quite a clever way, so they actually... Um, they have one of their retractable tentacles unfurled to kind of, you know, seal around in the dark for something gross floating down. <laughs> and then they pull the gross bits together and... Um, Mash them like a rice ball, almost like mash them into what one scientist has described as mucus dumplings, <laughs>
0: um,
1: where they they smash in a whole lot of mucus from their suckers, and then and wedge in the bits of foulness that are coming down. I'm sorry, organic d- detritus, uh, and then they hole into it that way. And I guess it's, you know, if you're living way down the bottom in the dark, you probably want to do something creative with your food, and also. Um, I don't know. You've got small children. I've got a kid. Uh, sometimes you don't want to look at your kids when they're eating the <laughs> right light of day. Um, and so this one gets away with being gross because no one kids see it. Yeah. Um, so so they're, not, they... they're not
0: chasing live animals like octopus and, and squid do. And I suppose that helps them conserve energy as well. Energy might be a bit of a premium down there
1: yeah absolutely um, and they um they have a couple of other little life strategies for down in the down in the deeps. Um, one is if they uh, if the spewing out the organic mucus isn't enough to make something that might want to eat it go away, they basically turn themselves inside out um, hmm. and so you get the underside of them wrapped around you know the the kind of the head body part. And they adopt what's called their pineapple pose to protect themselves. So all their spiky tentacles from underneath with the webbing are pulled right around itself. <laughs> um, that's which so kind clever. of sort of looks like a pineapple. Um, and, you know, it looks kind of gross and scary enough that the thing that's trying to eat them might go away. The other thing that they do that I think is quite useful from a, a busy working mum who's done <laughs> a lot of things pers- perspective is. Uh, they can breed all year round, and it's a really straightforward process, quite transactional. The male deposits a sperm packet into the female's mantle, so you know, just pop that in there, great. And she stores it until it's needed. So she might have stuff to do, yeah. uh, and when she finds an appropriate time, uh, she kicks that into gear, which is, you know.
0: Fair to say, the uh, vampire squid is a feminist. Then the woman is making the career decisions.
1: A hundred percent. Yep the vampire squid uh, is obviously at the forefront of the damn the patriarchy
0: movement. (laughs) And this is cool. Um, It's not all over if a shark bites off one of their limbs.
1: No, indeed. In fact, uh, even more reason to protect uh, the habitats and the species of things like this because they can regenerate their limbs. So, you know, if you kind of get one bitten off, not Job's are good one because you just grow another one. Uh, And so with that kind of superpower, you know, if you're not really into vampire squid for their own purposes, maybe it's important to understand how they do that and that could have all kinds of benefits for us humans one day in in the future.
0: Hey, um, did you hear Ellen gave the vagrant spider a 1 out of 10 last week for attractiveness?
1: I did. I have not caught up on that yet. Yeah. I'm way, way up in the bush. Uh, we are, I, I gave we her know, a heart... chance upon one. Did you? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's wicked. Yeah. You're out there living it. Um, yeah, so one out of ten, and I, I gave her a good telling off, but she wasn't budging. So with that what? in mind, how are you going to rate the attractiveness of the vampire squid?
1: Uh, so I'm not afraid to admit that I was quite into Twilight. <laughs> uh and
0: given given the Yeah, the, you might have been less to Robert Pattinson as if he was eating mucus dumplings each morning.
1: <laughs> That's right. No, uh, I was more into the werewolf actually. Oh, yeah. So um I think they're amazing. They also featured on Octonauts, which was a very firm favourite in our house, um at least between me and Chris and sometimes Hunter, uh it's for a while. So uh, I'm gonna give it a six. Look at it. It's a balls.
0: And if nothing else, this week we've learned that the CEO of Forest and Bird is Team Jacob. Well done, Nicola Tookie. Thanks so much. People can check out the Vampire Squid themselves. rnz.co.nz slash jessie. Have a great weekend. Same to you, Jessie. And Wallace Chapman's here with the panel now.